0: Hey guys, welcome back. We're getting into Acts chapter 24. In this episode, you can check out the rest of the book in previous episodes. Verse 1 After five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders with an attorney named Tertullus, and they brought charges to the governor against Paul.
1: Five days later, Ananias the high priest, came down, remember Jerusalem was higher in elevation, that's why they always say down with the elders and an attorney. The attorney was a public speaker who would who would present the case before Felix on behalf of the uh, Jewish people. verses 2 through four After Paul had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying to the governor, since we have, through you, attained much peace, and sent by your providence reforms are being carried out for this nation, we acknowledge this in every way and everywhere, most excellent Felix, with all thankfulness, but that I may not weary you any further, I beg you to grant us by your kindness a brief hearing.
0: The attorney began with the typical flattery of the day. I hope you picked up on it. Felix was known for his violence and corruptness, so this was definitely trying to win over the governor. Tertullus complimented the governor on how they had received peace under Felix's rule. Why did it take nearly 500 men to protect one man then? (laughs) <laughs> it was true he had put down some riots, but he was far from attaining peace. Verses 5-9 through nine. For we have found this man a real pest, and a fellow who stirs up dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And he even tried to desecrate the temple, and then we arrested him. We wanted to judge him according to our own law, but Lysias, the commander, came along and with much violence took him out of our hands, ordering his accusers to come before you. By examining him yourself concerning all these matters, you will be able to ascertain the things of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the attack, asserting that these things were so.
1: The attorney had three accusations of Paul. First, a worldwide pest and riot creator. This had a political overtone. Rome desired to maintain peace throughout the empire. And one that would create riots would be a threat to that. As we have seen through Acts, though, Paul did not create riots. The Jews mostly did. The second accusation was that he was leader of a Nazarene sect. This was also political as the attorney made Christianity seem like it was a separate religion from Judaism, which means it was an illegal religion. Rome permitted Judaism, and some others. Christianity in this time had been seen as an extension of Judaism, and so it was permitted by Rome to thrive. We can see the, eternity called, the attorney called it a sect, which gave it the connotation of being cultic or weird. Paul was also placed by the Jews as the leader of the sect, which, Paul would have never claimed to be himself, at least. The third accusation was that he tried to desecrate the temple. And as we saw before, this was a big misunderstanding from the Jews that wanted to get rid of Paul, of course. This is also important because Rome had given the Jews permission to execute any Gentile that had gone further into the temple beyond the court of the Gentiles. And to make this accusation worse, the attorney directly accused Paul of the act, instead of mentioning the Gentile misunderstanding. Now, the events verses six through eight are very distorted by the attorney. Note this section of the parentheses, which means that it has a weak textual assertion. In other words, we're not a hundred percent sure that was in the original text. Uh, in others, this may have been in the original letter of Acts, or it may not have been, but it it doesn't affect the central passage, it doesn't affect the message of, of this portion. The Jews claim they arrested him and they were going to hold Paul for trial, but as we saw earlier, there was a mass beating of Paul, no trial and no verification of the charges against him. Then. After that, they accused Lysias, the commander, of violently taking Paul from their calm trial process, (laughs) which was also a lie. Lysias saved Paul and forced the Jews to give Paul a fair trial. The passage above does not mention any violence against the Jews, simply a desire to save Paul. The attorney closed with telling the governor that if he would examine the witness, he would surely see the accusations, more flattery, the other Jews that were present asserted this view given by the attorney. Now, why is this important for us? It's incredible that these men were the rebellious leaders and the religious leaders of the Jews of that day. I say both, they were filled with hypocrisy. They were greedy, they were jealous, and they hated anyone that was in their way. And these are the religious leaders the ones that were supposed to be leading the people towards God, but obviously they weren't. Now, this is another reason why we should not depend on tradition to save us. It can easily be distorted by evil men or men with a motivation to change it. We follow God's word, and there we find the base of our beliefs and our life. Verses 10-13 to 13. When the governor had nodded for him to speak... Paul responded, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. Since you can take note of the fact that no more than twelve days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Neither in the temple, nor in the synagogues, nor in the city itself did they find me carrying on a discussion with anyone or causing a riot, nor can they prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me.
0: Paul was given an opportunity to defend himself. His response lacked the flattery of the attorney, instead it was short and truthful. Felix knew Judea enough to make an intelligent decision on the matter. Now, Paul had not been in Jerusalem long enough to instigate a riot, he would only been there twelve days total. Five of those days were in Caesarea waiting on the elders. The first day, he arrived in Jerusalem. The second day was the meeting with the Jerusalem council. The third through fifth day was in the temple with the Nazarenes. And the sixth day, he was arrested in the temple. So then the seventh day, he met with the Jewish council. And on the eighth day, he was threatened and taken to Caesarea. And then on day nine, he arrived in Caesarea. And days 10 through 12, he was waiting on the Jewish elders. Also, Paul had gone to the temple to worship. In fact, the temple records would probably show that Paul had paid the costs for the four Jews that had taken the Nazarene vows. Third, these men had no proof that Paul ever started a riot. Verses 14 to 16. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men.
1: Paul did not shy away from his belief in the truth. He admitted worship to the same God of the Jews. He admitted to believing the same thing as they did. Paul believed in the Old Testament, in that it was completed in Christ. Christianity is the completion of the Old Covenant, with the beginning of a new one. He also had the hope that one day God would resurrect all men and judge them. In light of that belief, Paul attempted to maintain his life true. And blameless before God and men. Why? Because he knew judgment was coming. One day he would need to give a reckoning to God for all his decisions. And that reckoning falls to us as well. Even if we're going to heaven, there is a judgment on our use of God's gift and God's life to us. Verses 17 to 21. Now, after several years, I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings in which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified, without any crowd or uproar. But there were some Jews from Asia who ought to have been present before you and to make accusation, if they should have anything against me. Or else, let these men themselves tell what misdeed they found when I stood before the council, other than for this one statement which I shouted out while standing among them. For the resurrection of the dead i am on trial before you today
0: paul mentions in verse 17 that he had brought an offering to the church of jerusalem from the other churches this was one of his goals in going to jerusalem to deliver the offering or alms what offering well most probably he meant thank offerings giving god thanks for the ministry that he provided paul with paul continued explaining that he was in the temple the Jewish leaders got that much right. (laughs) While he was in the temple, he was ceremonially clean. Paul knew who the real instigators were, and it was Jews from Asia that hated the ministry and the work of the gospel, yet they were nowhere to be found. Paul had been presented before the Jewish trial, and they had refused to listen to him. They even unjustly hit him. The only reason he could be on trial, then, was the doctrine of resurrection, which was partially believed by the council of the Jews. Verses 22 to 23. But Felix, having a more exact knowledge about the way, put them off, saying, When Lysias the commander comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody, and yet have some freedom, and not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him.
1: We honestly don't know what it means that Felix knew more of the way. Now, the way was what was termed as Christianity. Perhaps he heard about Christianity from another source. Perhaps another Christian or his Jewish wife, Drusilla. In any case, Felix postponed the decision until the commander returned to Caesarea. And Paul was placed in prison, prison, but with freedom for visitors while chained to a soldier. No. We don't know if the Commander ever showed up to Caesarea, and so it seemed like the verdict was postponed indefinitely verses twenty four to twenty six But some days later, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix came became frightened, and said. "'Go away for the present, and when I find time, I I will summon you.' At the same time, too, he was hoping that money would be given to him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him."
0: A few days later, Felix met with Paul again, this time with his wife, Drusilla. And also, this time, Paul directly spoke of Jesus, They discussed various things, but it seems like Felix grew frightened of the truth. Felix's time as a leader was marked with injustices and with a lack of self-control. This was further magnified by his ulterior motive in seeing Paul, money. He dismissed Paul at that point and told him he would summon him again at another time. Felix seemingly never accepted the truth, just feared it and left it at that. Why is this important? Well. It's a sad reality for many. Felix was at heaven's door, yet he postponed the decision and seemingly never made it. We are not guaranteed another second. We cannot postpone a decision that is so great in scope and depth our eternities. A decision now will affect lives. If you are a Christian, our decision needs to be to dedicate our lives solely to him to do what he pleases, to act out his character in our lives, and to become saturated in his word. If you are not a Christian, we strongly urge you to consider making the correct decision before it's too late. The facts are clear that this is the truth, but a truth in your head does, does your heart no good, unless it is transferred. Verse 27 But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul imprisoned.
1: Felix kept Paul in prison to please the Jews. Two years passed by, a new governor came, called Porcius Festus, and he did the same.